are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Wednesday, July 21st edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and going to put on our thinking cap as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins and a hypothetical. Because this evening, the NHL is welcoming its latest franchise, the Seattle Kraken, into the fray, and they are doing an expansion draft this evening at 8 o'clock. And I wanted to do the exercise with the Dolphins in their roster of which players we would slash should prioritize if the NFL had an expansion draft. The last time the NFL had an expansion draft was 2002, uh, when the Houston Texans came into being. And there were different parameters, of course, for what the NFL expansion draft looked like versus uh, this NHL expansion draft. So we're going to be working with the rules of the 2002 expansion draft and kind of get into, into the strategy of how and why we're making certain players eligible and protecting the rest, but not before an airing of grievances with the Washington Nationals baseball team. I bet you did not think you were going to get, in the first two minutes of today's show, a reference to an NHL team and a Major League Baseball team. But here we are, and uh, the Washington Nationals are officially on the list, the S list, here on Locked On Dolphins. They thought it would be cute after beating the Miami Marlins by 17 runs the other day, to send out a tweet, Nationals at Buffalo Bills, handshake emoji, beating Miami by three possessions. You want to play this game, Washington? Here's what you need to know about me here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm an extremely petty human being. Uh, first and foremost, let's celebrate the fact that the Washington Nationals entering last night's game were below 500 with nearly 100 games played. But I have committed myself to taking a celebratory shot after every Washington Nationals loss for the rest of the season. And heaven help this baseball team if they lose a game by a foul ball to the right of the fair foul line, because I will absolutely send Nationals at Buffalo Bills handshake emoji losing wide right. I will send the tweet. So everybody, pray to the football gods, pray to the baseball gods. Let's hope that happens so we can materialize that and bring that to be reality. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye out, Locked On Fins on Twitter. We will be quote-tweeting that tweet by Washington uh, every time they lose for the rest of the season with a celebratory shot. So uh, I am recording this before they play Miami this evening. Hard to say if I will be drinking tonight, but we'll find out. And you'll know on the timeline when you load up 
this episode of Locked On Dolphins. So uh, just want to establish the rivalry that now exists with the Washington Nationals. If you root for the Nationals, uh, you might want to reassess your choice in baseball teams. They're cast in shade at the Miami Dolphins. As the saying and the song goes, the greatest football team. Don't play that game. Don't play. Don't take cheap shots. It's not cool. What is cool is this idea of the expansion draft. So here are the rules, the process. I'm going to tap right into our friends over at Wikipedia for the 2002 NFL expansion draft. Process. Each NFL team lists five players eligible for selection, and the Texans were required to claim either 30 players or X number of the salary cap. After the Texans selected a player from an existing team, that team could then remove a player from the remaining eligible players list. If a second player was taken, the team could then pull back each of its three remaining players uh, if they wanted to. But you were not obligated to do that. So the strategy, if you are entering into an expansion draft from an NFL perspective, is you want to identify bad contracts. You, you want to make your bad contracts available so that if a team is going to be tempted by a name or a position or what they've done in the past and what they think they still have in the tank, they're going to do you the favor of giving you the salary cap relief that you would otherwise be taking a loss in by cutting or trading away that player. So that is really where the strategy comes into play. But of course, contractual control oftentimes dictates whether or not a contract is good or bad just as much as how much money a player is due. So for example, Bernardrick McKinney, uh, $7.17 million due this year, 3.64% of the salary cap. Uh, You could argue... That number goes up to nine and a half in 2022 and 10 and a quarter in 2023. You may say, gee, that's a, that's a lot of money. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily money well spent. So I'm going to go a different direction and make Bernard McKinney available. But here's what you have to remember. There are zero guaranteed dollars left on that deal because he was acquired via trade with the Houston Texans. So Miami, at any point at all, can wipe their hands free of Bernard McKinney, no questions asked, and walk away from that deal. So even though, yeah, it's it's a significant number, they have three years of contractual control and no guaranteed money that they're going to be obligated to spend, regardless of whether or not the player is cut, traded, waived, you name it. That, to me, is not a bad contract because it promotes what the name of the game has been for the Dolphins this entire offseason, really, which is flexibility. Not having any guaranteed money left, just base salary and a roster bonus of less than a million dollars in each of the next three seasons, that affords you all of the mobility that you need to make personnel changes as you desire. So before we... Uh, identify which five players we're going to make available for a hypothetical NFL expansion draft in spirit of tonight's NHL expansion draft, we first need to identify who the worst contracts 
on the Miami Dolphins roster currently are. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your favorite sports action, whether you're looking for Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, or even the UFC. So head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information that is available. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't mind me, I'm just going to have a sip of... Hopefully, what's destined for the Washington Nationals this evening. little rum, mixing it up. Usually a, a bourbon whiskey guy. Got a little rum today. So, who are the worst contracts currently committed to by the Miami Dolphins? I think the most ominous deal uh, is not necessarily because of talent, but more so because of chemistry based on the way things went last year with Tua Tungvaloa, and this player specifically, which is wide receiver Devontae Parker. Uh, Parker this year is due a cap hit in excess of $12 million. Uh, That number dips just below $9 million in 2022 and at $9 million on the button in 2023. But what makes this a deal that has me tempted to make available here as his dead cap this year, should Miami want to uh, cut Devontae Parker, which they won't, but if they did, they'd be on the hook for a significant amount of money. There's a prorated signing bonus of $1.9 million per season over the next three years. Uh, He has $1.4 million in roster bonuses over the next three seasons. Uh, He's got an option of $800,000 over each of the next three years that is exercised uh, when he's on the roster, and $100,000 in workout bonuses, plus he got a $1.125 million miscellaneous for performance uh, incentives. So all of that adds up to Devontae Parker uh, really being a, a contract that Miami can't transition away from unless they were to trade him and get some of this stipulated money off the books and into somebody else's hands. If you tried to cut him right now, uh, you take on $10.5 million in dead cap this year and another 5 and a half next year. So you'd save hardly any money. Because of that, and acknowledging that I would rather have Will Fuller long-term than Devontae Parker anyway, amid the remodeled wide receiver room, amid the fact that we are trying to build around Tua Tungvaloa, seeing the chemistry issues that uh, did exist at times, I think I am going to make Devontae Parker available and dare a team to take him on, knowing that you have a bunch of guaranteed money that another team would be taking on, and you effectively get out of the deal No questions asked. And if you are going to spend that money on a different wide receiver after the season anyway, uh, maybe Devontae Parker is a name that would make sense, especially when you consider how lofty his cap hit is uh, for this 2021 season. 
keeping it in the wide receiver room, this is not a bad contract just from a raw volume perspective, but as far as what you're paying versus what you're getting, uh, this is a very easy one for me to make available, and that's Jakeem Grant. So Jakeem Grant doesn't really have ominous amounts of dead cap. Uh, he was His cutoff for that was the 2020 season, so uh, $1.8 million in dead cap if they tried to cut him right now, they would be able to actually prorate that across two seasons, 600K in dead cap this year, uh, $1.2 million in 2022 dead cap. You'd save over $4 million right now against the cap if you just cut him outright because his scheduled dead cap hit is $4.66 million. But if you can get somebody to take that off your hands and you're saving the $1.8 million across two seasons for a guy who's going to be a kick returner, uh, he's a guy who really struggles to, to make an impact with consistency on the offensive side of the football. Uh, durability is something of note. He's one of these Lamborghini types that everything's got to be perfect, otherwise it really holds him up. And he's redundant. He's a redundant player. We've talked plenty about the dynamics of the Miami Dolphins wide receiver room, how challenging it is going to be to find the right players to have as a part of that mix and how to really whittle down and effectively cut that room in half. That's not an enviable spot to be. So with that in mind, Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant, I'm going to make both of them available for two of my five players in this expansion draft. Who else makes sense? Uh, if I wanted another prominent name, because I would hate to get on here and do this exercise and make like Patrick Laird available and DJ Fluker and Jason Strobridge, like I could, I could very easily do that, right? But I think if we're just identifying who some of the worst or, or least attractive and appealing contracts are, I'm looking at Austin Jackson's deal relative to what his play was last season. And of course, there's plenty of time for him to turn this around. There's plenty of time for him to figure out playing offensive tackle at a fair level. But Miami signed him to a four-year, $13.64 million deal with $7.5 million in signing bonuses. And then the contract is fully guaranteed. It's just a question of what is prorated as signing bonus money and what is base salary. So Miami, if they try to cut Austin Jackson right now, they would be responsible for $11.16 million dollars. Now, you would not cut Austin Jackson, former top 20 pick, premium position. You try and trade him, right? Uh but you would take on you would only save 1.2 million dollars to trade Austin Jackson, which is his base salary this year, but you'd still be responsible for the prorated guarantees from this year and each of the next two years following. So, there's very little positional flexibility and if you're looking at the way the Dolphins have structured contracts, these rookie deals are really where the, the rigidness of the salary cap exists. Am I going to nominate Austin Jackson to be, be available? No. Uh, but I certainly think it is worth noting 
and acknowledging that his contract relative to what his play is does not look like an appealing proposition for the Dolphins and things are going to have to change in order for him to turn this back around the other way. The biggest dead cap hit for the Dolphins right now. I'll read you the top five. Byron Jones, $28.4 million in dead cap that still has yet to be accounted for guaranteed money. Jalen Waddell, 27. Tua Tongavaloa, 24.77. Xavier Howard, 16.28. Devontae Parker, 15.85. Then you got Jalen Phillips, Austin Jackson, Will Fuller, Christian Wilkins, Noah Benogany, Jerome Baker, Jacoby Brissett, Adam Butler, Robert Hunt, and now you're below $3 million in dead cap for anybody that you get the rest of the way. So first and foremost, the fact that you're really struggling to identify enough bad, quote-unquote, bad contracts to fill out this exercise uh, is a testament to the way that the salary cap has been managed to this point in time. I will acknowledge Byron Jones and his situation. Five-year, $82.5 million deal, $10.5 million signing bonus, $54 million guaranteed, annual average salary of 165 so his base salary this year, $14 million. Base salary next year, $14.38. Base salary, which is non-guaranteed money unless stipulated otherwise, uh, which there are stipulations in here. Uh, the 2021 base salary is fully guaranteed. It was guaranteed the moment he signed the contract. About half of his 2022 salary is now guaranteed, and that deadline was 3-19-2021. He was on the roster that day, boom, that guarantees. He's got the remaining half plus of his 2022 salary becomes fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the league calendar in 2022. So next March, another $8.375 million of his 2022 salary becomes fully guaranteed if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the league calendar next year. He's got a 2024 roster bonus of a million dollars. That's paid out the fifth day of the league year in 2024. And in 2023 and 2024, he gets a $29.4,000 per game active bonus for each of those two years when he's on the roster. So there's base salaries that are highly competitive for cornerbacks. They prorated $10.5 million signing bonus over five seasons, so 2.1 per season. He's got roster bonuses of $500,000 and $1.5 million in 2023 and 2024 based on how many games he's active for and if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the league calendar year. He's got some workout bonuses tucked in here. So... What I like about the guarantees, you see $54 million in, in guaranteed money. It's like, well, gee whiz, that's, that's a ton of money. Uh, but they incrementally spread the guarantees out as stipulated money. Well, you want your $1.5 million guaranteed for 2024? Great. You got to be on the roster. You got to dress for every game. You want to have a fully guaranteed salary in 2022? Great. We're going to fully guarantee that salary, but we're going to give us 12 months, and we'll guarantee you half now. We'll guarantee you half on the third day 
of the league calendar year in 2021. And then we're going to guarantee you more of the following year's salary in 2022. So it gives you incremental breaks, right, where money does not become guaranteed. Uh, and you can waive a player like a Byron Jones and, and have a little bit more wiggle room. But you're so early into this deal, this five-year, $82.5 million contract, you're not getting out of it now unless you trade him, right? And that's where this becomes really interesting because I'm just looking, and obviously this exercise is for an expansion draft and not for trading, but the Dolphins could trade Byron Jones today, take on $2.1 million in dead cap. They'd have $6.3 million in dead cap in 2022, which is the remaining prorated figures of the $10.5 million signing bonus that's been sprouted out over all three seasons, you would take this year's dead cap or this year's prorated signing bonus, boom, that's your dead cap for this year. And in 2022, you would take on the 2022, 2023, and 2024 incremental spaced out hits of $2.1 million of signing bonus for $6.3 million in dead cap next year. So in total, you could trade him right now and you'd be on the hook for $8.4 million in dead cap. but you would save $14 million against the cap this year. <laughs> and the guaranteed base salary would be somebody else's problem. So again, it's much like the Kyle Van Noy contract. It's, it's an eye-popping number, but the Dolphins have put in enough contingencies here, and somebody would pay the base salary, $14 million for Byron Jones, that there's flexibility. So I wouldn't even classify this as a bad contract. There's a lot of remaining guaranteed money, but I would not classify this Byron Jones deal as a bad contract for Miami. Might be a bad contract for Xavier Howard in his personal opinion, but it's not a bad contract. Built Bar is not a bad protein bar either. As a matter of fact, it's a phenomenal one. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things have 100% chocolate. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugars, 10 flavors to choose from. So whether you're looking for something for breakfast, lunch, dinner, meal replacement, grab-and-go, post-workout, keto-friendly, midnight snack, you name it, Built Bar can be it. So visit BillBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, save 15% off your order of the world's most delicious protein bar. That's BillBar.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% on the world's most delicious protein bar. Please forgive me again. I'm a little parched. Thinking about the Nationals' loss this evening. It's good. It's very good. Tastes like Nationals' tears. So I wish I had more bad contracts for you. Uh, I am going to nominate Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle as two of my five. I'm not going to nominate Austin Jackson. Not going to nominate Byron Jones. Waddle, Tongavaloa, Jalen Phillips, these are the other big dead money figures left. Will Fuller's on a one-year deal does not make any sense to make him available. There's plenty of flexibility there. Uh, and that's it for the names that have $10 million plus in dead cap over the entire life of their contracts remaining. So who makes sense? Who are going to be the sacrificial lambs for this exercise? There's one player for me that's a no-brainer, 
and it's Alan Hearns. Coming back to the well at the wide receiver position, first and foremost, I see zero avenues for Alan Hearns to make this team. Zero. His cap hit on the year is just under $3 million. There's some guaranteed money here, some prorated signing bonus. There's a roster bonus. Um, that if you have the opportunity to bounce out of that, I would absolutely be in favor of doing so. Although that roster bonus is spaced out, and it is stipulation on a per-game active basis. So it's guaranteed, but only if you're dressing and making the team and, and playing in games, right? But this is a contract that has two years remaining because Alan Hearns opted out of last season. He's 30 years old. He's not athletically going to measure versus some of the other players in the room for Miami. You can save right around $2.5 million against the cap if you transition away from Alan Hearns and you would be splitting that signing bonus of $433,333 in each of the next two years uh, over the next two years if you were to trade him at this point in time. So, yeah. I mean, $2.5 million is not earth-shattering money in the grand scheme of NFL salary caps, but that's cap that could be used to roll over for future cap, or that's cap that could be used to potentially help appease Xavier Howard in his contract situation. So the wide receiver room is really where you have the opportunities to, to trim some fat here, and I think that that's obvious when you think about the number of players that have been brought into this group and the number of players who are going to inevitably be parted with from this group. Another, I don't want to call him disposable, but another replacement-level player in my mind is tight end Durham Smythe. Uh, he's in a contract year, so ideally you'd love to have a player that has more longevity that if you're going to make available to get picked in the expansion draft uh, would free up some more long-term cap. But much like the wide receiver room, we just have this embarrassment of riches at the tight end position, and Durham Smythe played a prominent amount of snaps uh, this past season for the Dolphins, and I don't see it happening again this year. This past year, he played 449 snaps, 45%, his highest rate yet. Caught 26 passes for 208 yards, had two touchdowns. But at the same time... 449 snaps split between Seaton Carter and Hunter Long and Mike Gusecki and Adam Shaheen. It should not be a problem to find a way to replace those snaps for a guy who's probably your fourth tight end on the depth chart. Understand he's a guy who's you know, not going to save you anything against the cap, but nevertheless, he's a player that if he got picked in the expansion draft, thank him for his his time with the Dolphins, wish him the absolute best of luck, but I got plenty of bodies. I got plenty of bodies, and I'm not going to sweat it one bit that he's departing. My last name, it's not a throwaway, but it is a player who is here on a one-year deal. It's Adam Pankey, offensive lineman from West Virginia. He was a UDFA in 2017. He's been in the league three years. He's making slightly above minimum salary. He signed a one-year, 
$1.065 million contract with the team, $25,000 signing bonus, $50,000 roster bonus, $150,000 in guaranteed money. Uh, it's a very negligible contract, but I'm, I'm just thinking about what is a player at a position that we could, similar to Durham Smythe, bid farewell, make eligible, and if he gets picked, it's not really going to change our plans at that position. Because I'm looking at, like, John Jenkins at defensive tackle, but I'm anticipating he's probably going to have a, a reasonable role within the rotation. Patrick Laird at running back, thought about him, but, like, he had a pretty notable receiving role out of the backfield. So I get to Adam Pankey, and it's like, okay, you go through your starting five. We're assuming it's going to be Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Matt Skura, Robert Hunt, Liam Eikenberg, and then you're going to have DJ Fluker, Michael Dieter, Jesse Davis. Those three guys alone, I mean, that eight, is really going to cover you at all five spots as far as having a, a utility backup who can play anywhere. And then if you want to get even further into the weeds, you got Larnell Coleman, who they drafted this year. You got Cameron Tom at center. So, like, there's so many other bodies that I would be completely unbothered if a team opted to pluck Adam Pankey in the expansion experience. So, Using the rules from the 2002 NFL expansion draft, the five players that I would make available for the Miami Dolphins, understanding that there are financial implications that would either tempt or deter a player from being picked. And if that player is picked, I then have the opportunity to make a reactionary adjustment and protect one of my four remaining players. A lot of action in the wide receiver room. I'm making Hallen Hearns, Jakeem Grant, and Devontae Parker available. And if a team frees me of the remaining guarantees in the Devontae Parker contract, I'm okay with it. I live with that because, yes, he's been a productive player, but at the same time, the chemistry showed with Tua Tungavalo has not been promising through this first nine games they played together. And I got Will Fuller on a one-year deal that I would more than happily reinvest that money into to keep him here long-term. And then I got Adam Pankey, and I got Durham Smythe. Those are my five. If a player was picked that was not Devontae Parker, I would probably strongly consider protecting Devontae Parker. But I'm also torn on it because my long-term, my personal long-term vision for the wide receiver room probably does not include Devontae Parker if it means I'm not going to have Will Fuller long-term. If you have a different five, let me know. You can find me at Locked On Fins with a PH, hopefully with a big old sip of some kind of adult beverage celebrating a Nationals loss from last night. Would love to hear from you guys. Always enjoy hearing from you guys. I'm Kyle Krabs. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins tomorrow, going through some pre-draft evaluations of starters on the 2021 Miami Dolphins, my impressions of them throughout my career as an NFL draft analyst, whether they have over or underachieved relative to my expectations. It's going to be a really good time. Looking forward to that conversation. So come back, see me again tomorrow. 
Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening to Locked On Dolphins. Fins up. Have a great rest of your day.